Well, hello, Jess. Hey, Chris. Welcome back to the podcasting studio. I'm happy to be here, as always. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Always good to be around the microphone with you. Mm-hmm. And so before we get into the topic today, uh, we are going to enjoy a snack that you created. That I created for the first time, man. I've never baked brownies before. How old are you? How <laughs> <laughs> Old enough that I should have made brownies How did you get before. through high school and even elementary school without ever making brownies? No, like, people around me baked them and I would have them, but I've never uh, made them myself. So you just so. mooched brownies your whole life. Of course. Life. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very good at it at my age. But no, now I sat down and I made actual brownies. Um, and I added, like, this is a thing. I saw almonds in my cupboard and I was like, oh, maybe one day I'll make biscotti, but that never mm. happened. So I just made brownies and added chocolate chips and almonds inside. So Brownies we'll are far superior to biscotti, <laughs> so you made the right choice. Okay, okay. So yes, you get to taste my first attempt at brownies. Well, let's try. Let's go. They look good. They smell good. Mmm, chocolate. Okay. Mmm. Not bad brownie. Okay. okay. They're, uh, they're like a cakey brownie. Mm-hmm. So there's two kind of schools of brownies. <laughs> fudgy brownies and cakey brownies. This is on the cakier side. And you're obviously way older than me to know all the categories. <laughs> <laughs> I just eat more brownies than you, I think. How do you make the harder ones? Harder? Yeah. What like the mean? ones that aren't cakey. What's the other one you said? Fudgy? Yeah. Less flour. Oh, I uh, see. And more like wet ingredients, essentially. Okay, I'll try that. Less maybe. egg as well. Okay, okay, mm. good to know. But you're good. Almond is a good addition. All right, I'm happy. I did something right. <laughs> so if you're a fan of cakey brownies and you want a good recipe, hit Jess up. There you go. Or just get Jess to bake you some. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure she'll oblige. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Chris, what are we talking about today once you're done chewing? <laughs> <laughs> I got the chipmunk cheeks full of brownie right now. Well, I have a question for you to start. Mm-hmm. My question is simple. If someone were to ask you as a Christian, does God always listen to our prayers? What yeah. What you say? Like, yeah, he can... I mean, depends what you mean. Okay, well, <laughs> but, tell me what you mean. <laughs> I mean, like, if you... Okay, listen... Like, I mean, like, he won't always give a yes to your prayers but if you're a child of God and you sincerely go to him and you're like oh my gosh like this this and this like I think he does listen um yeah yeah that's that's what I think generally speaking (laughs) yeah I think most Christians would say yes Mm -hmm. I think the the question is often phrased does God always answer my prayers and the most common answer would be yes uh, he might not always say yes to your prayer. He might not, not always give you what you want, but he's going to give you an answer. Right. It'll be yes, no, or not right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But there'll be some kind of answer that you would expect God to always give mm-hmm. to the prayer of someone going to pray to him. Okay. okay. Now, I'm not going to start by saying that that answer is wrong. <laughs> but what I want to say is that answer is not the full story. Exactly, yeah. And that there are Bible passages that teach us that there are things that we can be partaking in or attitudes that we can hold on to that will, I'm going to use the word hinder, hinder our prayers. Okay. Now, what I mean by hindering our prayers is that a prayer that God would otherwise have said yes to, 
he won't say yes to it. Okay. Okay. Or a prayer that he otherwise would have answered, he will not answer. He won't give you an answer. Mm-hmm. And so there's something about you. And by, by the way, the only the only way that your prayers can be hindered is your actions, right. according to Scripture. Okay. Your attitudes. But there are things you can do that will hinder your prayer life. And it's kind of like um, when you send a Facebook message or mm-hmm. even a WhatsApp message and you see that little tick in the yeah. bottom of the screen that means the person has seen the message. And they're not doing anything. I'm so mad. <laughs> exactly. And they're like, okay. you're like, what the heck, man? Like, that's a really I've seen that you've seen it, <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's really good. So God can, like, leave us unseen, <laughs> as it says, as the, right. the cool people say these days. Okay. But there are, yeah, scriptures that say that, that God will not really pay attention mm. to what we're praying for. Mm-hmm. That God will kind of purposefully ignore what we are asking him for. Mm-hmm. And so this is different from saying God says no to some of your prayer requests. Oh, I see. There's yeah. some things that you'll pray for, like, oh, you pray for a certain job or a certain boyfriend or a certain whatever, and God just straight up says no. Mm-hmm. That's different. That's a clear answer right. to a prayer, and it's just not according to his will. And there's a variety of reasons why God will say no to a certain prayer request. I'm talking about situations in which God is really not paying attention to your prayer. Oh, okay. he's, he's purposefully ignoring you because there's something that you need to learn and correct in your life. And I think it's very important that prayer works this way. And we're going to dive into why in just a minute. I think um, now that I'm hearing you make that distinction between a no and um, I'm not listening to you until you get this together, I feel like the second option, like what we're going to dive into today, is even scarier in a way mm-hmm. because like, I can handle God saying no to my prayers because whatever, it's against his will, like he has something else, fine. But like the other one seems more serious and more like urgent because it's like, wow, like there's actually something in my life that's um, not according to God's will, something that I'm doing. So, yeah. 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 Well, listen to this. This honestly, to me, because I am a husband, is one of the scariest scriptures mm-hmm. that I've encountered mm-hmm. in the last few years. Okay. First Peter chapter three, verse seven says this. Husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives mm-hmm. and treat them with respect as the weaker partner and as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life so that nothing will hinder your prayers. Amen. <laughs> well, think, I mean, that's, as a husband, that's a scary thought to think the way that I treat my wife, mm-hmm. if I'm not treating my wife with respect as though she is a daughter of God, as though she is a fellow co-heir with me in Christ, if I'm not treating her that way, God's not listening to my right, prayers. Right. I heard... Um, That's weighty. Yeah. I heard a pastor talk about this one time, and he's a husband, and he was like, man, like, I can't even pray. <laughs> it's like, it, it does seem like uh, this whole other responsibility that you have to, like, consider, so... Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, in answering the, the question, does God always answer our prayers? Does God always listen to our prayers? Mm. What I want to point out today is that scripture teaches us that there are certain things we can do that really sabotage our own prayer life. Mm -hmm. And I want to point out some of some scripture, which will be examples of these. Mm -hmm. They're not an exhaustive list, but they're enough of a list that gives us an idea of of what kind of stuff we're talking about here. And the only reason scripture points this stuff out is so that we can correct it. Okay. You know, it's not going to say, well, Sucks to be you. Yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. No, it's like the, all these things are stuff that can sabotage your prayer life, 
but it's pointed out so that it can be corrected in your life right. as well. Right. Okay. So uh, I love this quote by John Piper. He says this, Prayer has a very specific design. If you misuse it, it malfunctions. I think that's really important in considering why God would choose to ignore some of our prayers mm-hmm. or put hindrances up that he would have said yes, but he's going to say no, or mm-hmm. he's going to wait to say yes until we get this figured out. Okay. And that's because prayer has a, a much bigger, grander design that it needs to flow from and, and through. And when we ignore that, it, we're liable to get into all kinds of problems. Okay, okay. So the first one is, uh, we're going to look at, as an example, is James chapter 4. And James chapter 4, verses 2 and 3, says this. You desire, sorry, you want something, but you don't get it. You kill and covet, but you, can't, but you cannot have what you want. You quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives. That you may spend on that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. So there's two things here that's mm-hmm. part of scripture that can be a hindrance to our prayers. What's the first one? It's not asking. Yeah. Okay. Obviously. <laughs> and I know it's starting with kind of a a silly. I know it's a weird example to start with, but yeah. one thing that our prayer life can that can hinder our prayer life is a lack of prayer. <laughs> it's really it's really obvious but I think I've been in those situations it's like um, I heard this quote one time like you've tried everything except prayer like you've tried I've tr- I've had situations where like I've gone like weeks without sleeping trying to figure out like an answer to a certain problem it's like oh wait a minute why did I pray about this six weeks ago <laughs> maybe oh, I would have spared myself some trouble yeah yeah so, mm-hmm. I've totally been there as well. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, I have, yeah. Uh, the second one is that when we ask, we ask with wrong motives. Mm-hmm. And so checking your motives and the motivation behind why you want something is really uh, important to God. Yeah. That yeah. should be obvious to us. But we need to really just examine our lives enough. And, and when we get to the end of today, you're gonna, I'm going to kind of bring it back to that point and, and see how we can pray rightly. Yeah. But just to say, like, you can be asking for a very good thing mm-hmm. for a very bad reason. Mm-hmm. I mean, as a pastor, I can ask that God would bless the ministry of the church. But my motive for doing so would be so that I would get the glory, so that I would be successful and I would be well thought of and that I, you know, people would follow me. Or I could pray that God would bless the church so that he might get the glory. Mm-hmm. And my motive is that his kingdom would spread and that people would come to know him. And that's my de- deepest desire. I think God will say no. Or he, he the, the motivation to, for me to get glory would hinder him saying yes to that. Okay. I see. Something he would otherwise do if my, if my motivations were correct, he won't do. Mm-hmm. Because my motivation is off. It's almost as if you're, you're painting this... You're painting this picture of how, like, it's not what you ask for, but it's, like, how you ask for it. Like, what's the heart behind what you're asking for? Ultimately, I think a lot of prayer comes down to that. Yeah. Especially when it comes to stuff Mm -hmm. and earthly things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Is we need to have a really strong foundation in God uh, that will even help us pray for the right things. Mm -hmm. And help us that when we pray for anything, we're doing so in a way that God is most likely to say yes to because mm-hmm. 
we want it for the right reasons. Yeah, yeah. Okay, mm. okay, cool. I mean, m- like, the gospel provides the best motivation to pray. And we're going to get to that again okay. in just a minute okay. as well. <laughs> Looking at just one more, I think one more example of stuff we can do that will hinder our prayers. Actually, there's two more, but this is they'll be quick together. Uh, Proverbs chapter 28, verse 9 says this, If anyone turns a deaf ear to the law, even his prayers are detestable. Mm. And when it's talking about the law here, it's talking about the law of God, yeah. God's yeah. commands. Okay. That's really strong language. Yeah. <clears throat> Welcome to the Old Testament. <laughs> <laughs> but that idea of like, if you are actively disobedient to God, if you are ignoring God's commands, and that's a really broad statement. It can apply to, you know, Anything. a whole area yeah, of the yeah. whole life. You mm-hmm. know? Your prayers are detestable. Wow. God doesn't want to hear from you. <laughs> that is scary. It's very uh, sobering. Very <laughs> sobering, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that kind of idea, like, you know, it shouldn't surprise us that God would say something like this, but we need to take it seriously. Mm-hmm. This idea that, like, your active obedience of God is is going to affect whether or not your prayers are heard. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because often we have this kind of opposite assumption where we say prayer helps us to live right, mm-hmm. which is right, that's correct, that's definitely a huge part of prayers. Praying helps you to live right, yeah. but you can flip it and it's also true. Okay. Living right helps you to pray. I never heard of that, yeah, but it makes sense now with that proverb like living right is going to mean that your prayers aren't detestable (laughs) yeah yeah okay okay like all of this is is pointing to the fact that if we want to be effective at praying you know part of it is examining our lives and Mm. seeing whether our attitudes towards others our attitudes towards god uh is something that needs needs real correction okay so if you find prayer really difficult if you find god really distant in your life and a prayer really frustrating thing there's a few things you can do Mm. but one of them you should really consider is how's my life yeah yeah you know how am i how my how's my relationship with my spouse if you are or your family Mm -hmm. or your co-workers or your friends or whatever it is Mm -hmm. how how is my life doing that can really maybe be the kind of key that you're looking for that's going to yeah. unlock that because, mm-hmm. man, like uh, kind of a blockage in prayer should be a really awful thing for a Christian. Mm-hmm. As a Christian, we're those who should love God above everything else in this world and should crave a relationship with Him, crave to be close to Him and to feel that closeness with Him. Yeah. That's the best for a Christian. Yeah. That's best for me. And if that's if there's something wrong with that, I want, I want that gone. Like, I want to remove whatever's in the way because I want to be close with God again. Mm-hmm. And I've been, through, I've been through valleys of prayer as well before, and it sucks. Yeah. When you were saying before about, like, hey, going through a valley of prayer and, like, I have to examine my life, I've been in those situations too, and I'm actually thankful because when I take a step back and I'm like, okay, I've been asking for this for a long time, nothing's happening... <laughs> Um, I'm actually grateful that it forces me to look at other people because at the same time, if I have a prayer life that's entirely centered on me, I, I also think that that's not the use of prayer. So if like I have to take a step back and be like, oh, maybe I should go talk to this person or like rearrange some things here and there, like I'm actually grateful for that because yeah, it takes it takes the focus of prayer off of me for a second. So. 
Wow. Mm -hmm. Would you say that you've learned some valuable lessons like that through God either telling you to wait or by it seeming like it taking longer than you would have wanted for an answer to come? Oh my gosh, have I learned? <laughs> yeah, I think um, I think the biggest lessons I've learned from waiting on God like for prayer and like just not knowing whether it's going to be a yes or a no or whatever, I think the valuable, the most valuable lesson I've learned is that God still loves me even if like mm -hmm. he's telling me to wait on something. Um, because the, you know what, as you've been talking about this, the, the image that I keep having in my mind is like seeing God as a father. And I think like we see these things happening, like all these hindrances happening because God is a good father. And like, yeah. I'm not a parent, but like a good parent isn't always going to say yes to their kid. They're going to say, no, I'm not listening to you until you clean your room or do this or do that. And so it's like, I've learned that when God has says no or when God has says wait or when he's just seemingly not giving an answer at all, like I've learned that it's because he's a good parent who loves mm. me. So That is so hugely important. <laughs> yeah, just. yeah, to recognize God as Father. Absolutely. Think, yeah. Like one thing that will be pointed at a lot in scripture is something that can hinder our prayers is doubt. Mm. Ooh, yes, talk about and, doubt. I, I have a lot really, of experiences with Well, that, really, yeah. what you're talking about there is a form of doubt mm -hmm. where mm -hmm. when we don't get the answer we're looking for or we, we are kind of told to wait, mm -hmm. we begin to feel like God doesn't care yeah. or God doesn't love us yeah. uh, or He doesn't exist. Yeah. And the devil really wants us to stop praying. Mm -hmm. The devil really wants us to just think that prayer is useless. Mm -hmm. But honestly, the attitude that we have when we walk away from praying, let's say you go and you pray for something and then you finish praying, you're walking away. It should be like an uplifting attitude of thinking like, man, it's in God's hands now. Yes, yes, A sense of expectancy yeah. that no matter what happens, I know, I know that it's okay. It's in God's hands. Exactly. Okay. Right, so even if I get what I'm asking for, or if I don't get what I'm asking for, I trust God. Mm -hmm. I trust God in this, and and so often we we don't feel that way. We feel like man, we get offended, or we get frustrated, or we get depressed, and and it's because we don't see, like you say, God is that fatherly figure that we're called to, called to see Him as, uh, as Christ like portrays Him as mm -hmm. in beautiful ways mm -hmm. all throughout Scripture. Yeah, we should pray with a sense of expectancy a sense of showing hope and praise and patience mm -hmm. because we know he's good yeah we know he's good and yeah. so he's gonna answer he's gonna give what he gives in his time and it's not a sense of like i think doubt would also be just praying one time and then walking away mm -hmm. and like well that didn't work you know <laughs> I, I think persistently <laughs> persistency in prayer actually shows faith yeah yeah. We're going to keep going and keep going because we trust that he is going to answer. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to keep asking until he answers. Mm -hmm. And I'm not doing it in the sense of trying to bug him with it. But because I trust him, I'm going to keep asking. I'm going to keep asking. Mm -hmm. now, there's, there's, a, there's an expectancy there for an yeah. answer that I think is a good, good thing. So I think faith comes out of having a good memory. You know, knowing mm -hmm. who God is, yeah. what he's revealed about himself in the past what he's already answered. Yeah, I mean, do you have any good stories of, like, answered prayer? Uh, I was... I mean, off the top of my head, no, but I'm thinking of many situations where, like, 
someone has prayed for okay let me let me put it this way um there is someone in my family that like my mom's been sharing christ with them for like years and years and years and like they just recently gave their life to the lord Amazing. um yeah and it's like now there's people in my life that like are completely <laughs> uninterested in the gospel which is like whatever like i'm still going to be friends with them and love them and like just hang out with them that sort of thing but it's like I can still keep praying for their salvation. Like, and even if things come up in their lives, it's like, oh, now they're never going to accept Christ. Like, sometimes I'm faced with those situations. But, like, I can think back to all those other prayers God has answered, like, where he has drawn someone to him. Yeah. Um, so I'm encouraged by that memory. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. yeah. He, I mean, he does. He answers prayer in amazing ways. And we need to remember that. Mm-hmm. And we need to be encouraged by the testimonies of others as yeah. well. And yeah, not be, exactly. be put into doubt. Exactly. The last hindrance to prayer that I want to quickly, briefly speak of is something that Jesus brings up himself. And he brings it up in the prayer of prayers, okay. which is the Lord's Prayer, yeah. right? Yeah. And he says, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us. Mm-hmm. And the teaching of that, the, sort of the doctrine behind that prayer is if we're unwilling to forgive others, mm. if we're harboring bitterness in our heart, Uh, towards another person in the way that they've wronged us, that is a hindrance to God forgiving us. Even if we ask for it. Even if we pray for it. Pray, God, forgive me. If we don't value forgiveness enough that we're willing to give it out to someone else, that's a hindrance to our prayer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's the very definition of the hindrance in that God... I mean, God wants to say yes to mm-hmm. forgiveness, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. this is not the kind of prayer that he is going <laughs> to say no to without a really good reason. Like, this is why Jesus died. Exactly. I'm like, wait, wasn't that the point of... Yeah. 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 And so, talk about a hindrance. Mm-hmm. Unforgiveness in your heart, mm-hmm. holding on to grudges and bitterness towards another person uh, in a way that clouds your view of how much you've been forgiven already. Mm-hmm. Man, that's a hindrance. Mm-hmm. And yet that's one that Christ points to as something that can really hinder your prayer life, mm-hmm. hinder your, your repentance. That's when I, I'm dealing with that at the moment. And like I just want to say like bitterness and unforgiveness, like it's something so subtle because it's like this attitude that you hold. Like if you're with the person, you're not going to be like, I don't forgive you. But it's like, what's your attitude towards that person? Are you able to pray for them? And like mm-hmm. when... When I've asked myself those questions and it's been no, that's when I have to be like, okay, there's something deeper going on here that I need to pray about because if not, yeah. like the, yeah. yeah. And I think that to pray for another person when you are struggling in your relationship with them is really one of the best healing things you can do that's for that true. relationship. Yeah. Yeah. To just pray that God would bless them to pray that God would give them joy and, mm-hmm. give, and show his love to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it can be really hard mm-hmm. when you feel really upset at them. But if you have any hope to overcome your negative feelings towards them, that's really a good way to do so. And I've seen God answer those prayers too. Like I've heard about Amen. that too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so those are just some of the things that scripture points out that can be hindrance to our prayers. It can be like being, uh, you know, not living right in terms of our relationship with other people. Mm-hmm. It can be asking with wrong motives. Mm-hmm. It can be ignoring God's uh, commands in our lives. It can be doubt. It can be holding on to bitterness. All of these different things are ways that God, who otherwise would have said yes, 
or would have responded in some way to our prayer is choosing not to respond to our prayers because we need to get these things in order yeah. in our life. Yeah. And what we can do that can really help us to pray well and to have an effective and powerful prayer life is pointed out kind of all the way throughout Scripture. But uh, number one, we need to value prayer. Mm. I mean, it's just to like... I don't think we. I think we undervalue prayer today as a general Christian population. Wayne Grudem says this: No Christian should think that they will achieve anything significant in life without prayer. I like that. <laughs> do you, like, do you want to achieve something significant in life as a Christian? Uh, prayer. Mm-hmm. You, you have to be interested in prayer, and mm-hmm. I think that's absolutely true. So before we accuse God of neglect, or we accuse God of like not listening, or whatever it is, or prayer of being ineffective, how about we examine our own lives? examine our own hearts and see if there's some reason within us that our prayers might be being hindered right and and, and seek to correct that and see what happens mm-hmm. only good could come out of that <laughs> one way or another now the final encouragement I want to give is just to say look how to pray effectively I think is rooted in two things number one it is a firm and abiding belief in Jesus Christ in word and deed Mm-hmm. When you see Jesus Christ as the incarnation of God, when you see that his life, death, and resurrection is on your behalf and, and, and solidifies your relationship with God, atones for your sins, you are now brought into right relationship with God in which you see yourself the right way, you see who he is truly and how you relate to him truly. Mm-hmm. You know, that when we are asked to pray in Jesus' name, yeah. it's because we're, we're identifying ourselves within this relationship that he has established, mm-hmm. one that is God is, is inclined towards us to bless us. Okay. God wants the best for us, and, and we truly are, like you said earlier, his children. Yeah. We truly are a son or daughter of God. Mm -hmm. To see ourselves that way will, number one, bring us into a prayerful relationship that's right. And secondly, to have an effective prayer life, we need to love each other well. Mm -hmm. We need to be really interested in the relationships we have in this on this earth. Mm -hmm. By doing so, I think we are we're really trying to honor the 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 commands that God has given us in the public sphere, in, in the sort of outward sphere, and by doing so. We're going we're gonna to put ourselves, by doing those two things, by believing in Christ and by loving other people as Christ would love them, we are not only going to remove any potential hindrances to our prayer, but we're also going to be praying for the right things. That's true, yeah. When I, when I approach Jesus rightly, when I see him as my king, and when I see others as my brothers and sisters, the kinds of things I pray for are not Lamborghinis and like <laughs> beach holidays. <laughs> they are people's salvation. Yeah, they are, yeah. um, you know, fruit of the spirit. They are, you know, the kingdom's growth. They're good things. They're, they're modest things. They're humble things. They're, they're things that would honor the heart of God. And he's more inclined mm-hmm. to say yes to them. Yeah, yeah. So not only would it make your prayer life more effective because it removes hindrances, but it makes your prayer life more effective because you're praying more often in God's will. Exactly. For the kind of things he's, he wants to give you. Yeah. yeah. Instead of just a bunch of other stuff. <laughs> that makes sense. I do have one question though about like the first thing you said, like seeing Christ rightly. Mm. Um, and then you mentioned like, oh, praying in Jesus' name. Like that's always something that's like confused me a little bit. Like if you want to really quickly sure. say like, what did Jesus mean when he said, ask for things in my name? I would say it's by recognizing that the only, the only right or authority we have to come to God at all is found in 
Christ's actions. Okay. By identifying ourselves with Jesus, say by, by really understanding the only reason I can say any of this is because of the finished work that Jesus has done on the cross. Mm. By having that as a recognition, even if it's unconscious or unspoken at least, when we come into prayer, we are putting us, we're really I, rightly identifying who we are mm-hmm. before God. Mm-hmm. We're those who are saved by grace. Okay. We're those who are saved by faith in Christ. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's not a magic word. No, of course not. It's yeah. just a recognition of the gospel. Okay. A recognition that I couldn't do this if it wasn't for what the gospel is all about. Exactly. Okay. Cool. Exactly. Makes sense. <laughs> Well, uh, I encourage you, after this podcast is over... <laughs> go pray! <laughs> go pray! <laughs> Seriously? Yeah, I know I'm going to. Okay. Well, thanks for chatting today, Jess. Yeah, this was fun. It was one of the harder ones, because like, oh, I got some things in my life that are like... Like, listener, don't think that we don't struggle with these things too, but like, uh, Christ is faithful, and you do learn things from like seasons of like, hmm, what's God trying to teach me now that this prayer isn't answered, so... Yeah, that me too. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I, prayer is not always easy for me. Yeah. Prayer is a struggle too, and I'm actually grateful for verses like this that can correct me and teach me mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. stuff I need to really be examining about my life. Mm-hmm. So thanks for chatting, Jess. Yeah, thank you, everyone, fun. for listening. <laughs> Take care, guys. Bye. <laughs>